Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Giant Bandari, the founder of the highly acclaimed Capitalism Immorality and a prominent sought-out advisor to institutional investors. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Maurice. Glad to have you back on the program, sir. We have a number of topics to address today. Uh, there's a lot of tension at the moment between India and Pakistan. For someone that may not be familiar with the situation, please provide us with an update. What happened, Maurice, was that on the 14th of February 2019, uh, a convoy of Indian troops that were moving in Kashmir were uh, blown. Uh, one of the buses was blown up by uh, a terrorist. Uh, 45 Indian troops died in this. Uh, and the fact is that uh, so many troops should not have been moved together from one place to another. They should have actually been airlifted, which would have been a much cheaper option. Uh, but uh, this is because of the envy and uh, bureaucracy within the Indian army that these guys were moving in a convoy. And these were not even armored trucks. These were uh, simple buses that, were, that, that they were moving in. Uh, and the end result was that there was a huge amount of anger in the country. Uh, now, the issue is that uh, hundreds of Indians die of road accidents uh, every day. Actually, I think the number is about a thousand people dying on Indian roads uh, on a, any single day. Uh, and hundreds of people die uh, for very useless reasons like uh, footbridges collapsing and those kind of things. Uh, but just because uh, Indian public is very uh, tired of watching uh, the television, uh, they wanted some more fun. So they, they went into a hysteria of anger against Pakistan because Pakistan was supposed to be behind the attack. Um, now, I'm fully convinced that Pakistan is behind it. Pakistan has become a terrorist nation, uh, and there's absolutely no doubt about it. It has become a very religious, fanatic nation. Uh, now, uh, what happened was that hysteria ramped up so much in India that Indian prime minister, who has to stand for election in about two months' time, had no choice but to send an air force uh, plane squadron inside Pakistan to attack a madrasa. Madrasa is a place where people get indoctrinated into um, Islamic fundamentalism. So this uh, squadron went into Pakistan and it seems managed to destroy one tree. Um, so and but the problem was that although they showed utter incompetence of the Indian armed forces, it humiliated Pakistan because Pakistan could not really stop the squadron from entering Pakistan. Uh, in a few days, a couple of days later, they actually tried to enter Indian airspace. Of course, they failed. But in the meantime, an Indian plane was shot down by Pakistan and it landed within the Pakistani territory. Now, that is very briefly what happened. Uh, fortunately, things calm down a bit, but things can still erupt very uh, quickly. Both governments are very afraid of uh, letting their media ramp up emotions within their own society. So I'm glad that things are cooling down a bit right now, but the armies are at the border. The, uh, the air uh, space between the two countries is still completely closed, which means international flights are flying either south of Pakistan or north of Pakistan. 
uh, and the, sen the situation stays extremely, extremely sensitive between two countries who are both completely irrational and one is completely fanatic uh, and both are nuclear powered. You know, you and I had a discussion offline prior to the interview uh, regarding the U.S. involvement in this situation. Can you shed some light on that for us? Oh, absolutely. So when I said that things have cooled down a bit, most of that is a result of U.S. involvement. Trump was in Vietnam when India and Pakistan were about to go into a full-blown war. Uh, Pakistan was actually making very clear and crisp statement about using nuclear bombs on India. Things were getting extremely serious. Now, all of that is posturing from both the sides. Neither of the sides actually has the courage and valor to actually go on a full-scale war because their armies are not really competent. They are extremely corrupt and very disorganized. And they don't really have the capability to face the death toll or the loss of uh, infrastructure that they would need to face to go into a war. But while they were posturing, uh, things could have gone out of control just because of posturing. Uh, Pr President Trump, who was in Vietnam negotiating with North Korea about the another nuclear bomb manufacturing country, North Korea, had to start making calls to Pakistan and India to cool things down. Uh, now, uh, listen, uh, Maurice, most Americans probably have no clue about this contribution, a massive, massive contribution that America made to creating peace again in two third world countries and also in terms of stopping a nuclear war. Uh, Trump should get a, a Nobel Peace Prize just for this one event. He calmed things down between the two countries and he stopped a nuclear war breaking out between the two countries. You know, you've shared your thoughts uh, regarding President Trump in previous interviews. Can you shed some light as well on how your views may have changed regarding President Trump since his uh, first inauguration? Maurice, when I first uh, wrote about Trump uh, before he was elected uh, as the president, uh, I actually wrote that he was a crook. Uh, and, I, uh, and I don't want to change wordings of my musings, so they are still on internet. But uh, I think he has clearly turned out to be someone who is trying to deliver on what he promised. He's trying to do every, almost everything right. Now, I don't have to agree with anything that everything that you or Trump do. Uh, what I want to see is you as an overall personality. I think Trump really wants America to do well, and he's trying extremely hard to turn the corner for America. He wants to stop degradation of America that has been going on for the last many decades now. So I think he is has really turned out to be a politician who I have respected the most in my life, and that includes politicians around the world. He is probably comparable or uh, to Margaret Thatcher, for example. Well, that's quite a compliment there. Uh, switching gears. In the natural resource space, many speculators place a lot of emphasis on commodity price speculation. And this is due in part for a number of reasons. Either they have a bias to a said metal, and then they follow a name they trust to provide further confirmation bias. Giant, what do you see as the inherent danger of commodity price speculation? 
commodity prices speculation, in my view, is astrology. It's nothing else than that. Most people, and in fact, I have yet to come across a person who can actually speculate in commodity prices. Now, you might be able to speculate in commodity prices in the short term because if the prices go up for a reason or falls for a reason, and if you think that that reasoning is not really the reason why it should have the prices should have changed. You can make a short-term bet, but for any kind of medium-term and long-term bet, um, commodity prices speculation simply does not work. It is nothing but astrology, and most people, uh, most most retail investors, just trade sound bites, headline sound bites that seem as if it it is a thorough analysis about a certain commodity, and go into buying those commodities. Uh, they take a huge amount of risk because uh, on a risk adjusted, on a probability adjusted basis, what they are doing is they are taking no real position, but they still have to pay for transaction and holding cost, which means that they actually put themselves in a losing position. Should You should not do commodity prices speculation. What is an alternative method for someone listening that may be more beneficial? Well, I mean, uh, listen, if you really want to speculate in commodities, um, you should uh, do a lot of work on it. Um, And uh, most real work is done by commodity traders, people who actually buy copper, nickel and supply copper, nickel to the consumers. Now, ask those people, and I go to a lot of conferences, Maurice, as you know, um, and when I meet commodity traders, they tell me that they actually don't speculate in commodities. Um, what they actually do is that they, when they buy a certain commodity, they actually use the futures exchange to hedge themselves against commodity prices moving against them. So this makes it a very interesting situation. Commodity price speculation is mostly done by uh, retail investors, fund managers, mining investors, and hedge fund managers. And all these people collectively over a period of time actually lose a horrendous amount of money. Now, what these a lot of these people do is that they use mining companies as vehicles to speculate in commodities. Now, if you must speculate in commodities, just speculate straight into that commodity. Don't use mining companies as vehicles. Uh, Now, when you start using mining companies as vehicles, you not only accept astrology, you complicate that astrology a lot more. Mining companies should be about mining companies. You should be in a position to sit back and imagine what the value in the ground of a particular company has. You should be speculating on what is inside the ground. uh, And that is where the value comes from. And uh, Maurice, uh, you and I have talked a lot about several companies like Erving Resources when it was trading at 40 cents or Novo Resources when it was trading at 66 cents. And both of these companies have made investors, you and I, 20 times our investments. Now that did not happen because we invested in these companies for commodity prices. We invested in these companies because of what we thought there was in the ground, which had gone unappreciated by the market. And that is what mining investment should be all about. True words of wisdom. Jayan, can you please share your views on the big five? And by that, I'm referring to gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and rhodium. Now, uh, I uh, 
buy gold and silver. And I strongly recommend that people who want to protect their wealth buy gold and silver unless they know a better way to protect their wealth. Now, people who are in the investment business know about investing. Most people haven't a clue about how to invest uh, in the market. Now, those people, if they want to protect their wealth, can go to the bank. Bank gives them a 0% interest rate. Uh, their much better option is to invest in something real, which is gold, silver. Um, now, platinum and palladium, uh, particularly palladium, uh, Maurice, has, if you look at the future prices of palladium, uh, is actually in backwardation. Uh, palladium and zinc are in backwardation. So if I owned these two commodities in physical form, I would be rushing to the market to sell these things off. And then if I really wanted to keep them with me, I would still sell them off and buy futures of these commodities and save about 10% from making this trade. Uh, so whenever you want to look at a commodity, you should also go to LME website or CME's website to look at the future pricing of these commodities. And from that perspective, I'm no, certainly not interested in palladium and not very interested in platinum. I'm certainly interested in silver and gold because um, I think for most people, that is really one of the only ways they can protect their wealth. How else can you protect it unless you understand the investment business? Any thoughts on rhodium? Um, I don't really follow rhodium, Maurice. Uh, for someone that has never purchased precious metals, what would you like to share with them? Well, a couple of things. Uh, people should have precious metals in physical form, particularly people who live in the third world countries, because they live, exist in an extremely risky jurisdiction. Uh, and they can hold their go physical gold and silver in electronic form. They are try to keep some of your money in uh, these countries in gold and silver form. Try to see that you minimize your transaction cost. Uh, and uh, you can similarly own buy physical metal from uh, several uh, companies within America or in Canada. And one of those companies as well as Miles Franklin, we encourage you to visit our website and take a look at the physical precious metals that we offer. Moving and a on. very and a very reputed uh, firm to buy gold from. Oh, thank you, sir. Moving on to junior mining companies, Giant, you are the most respected name when it comes to arbitrage opportunities. Do you have any to share with us? Um, I do have a couple of names, Maurice. Uh, I have to warn that both of those names have uh, some major risks underpinning them but also the arbitrage upside is so nice that if I watch them closely, and if I try to keep understanding the changes that is happening place in those companies, I might be able to make anything like 50% or more of my money in the next couple of months. So with that warning, I want to mention two companies to you. One is M2 Cobalt, and it's trading at 16 cents. There's about 50% arbitrage upside in it. It is being acquired by an Australian company. So you should, if you do decide to buy M2 Cobalt, the ticker is MC, you should buy it in a, in a trading account that allows Australian stock uh, 
trades to happen as well, which I think interactive brokers does a good job with that. So if you do so, then the conversion will happen automatically for you. Uh, and uh, you can enjoy that arbitrage without having to pay massive brokerage fees. Uh, but follow this company closely if you decide to buy it. The other company is Core Gold, and the ticker is CBLD, and it's trading at 22 and a half cents. Um, and there is actually very funnily about 70 to 80 percent arbitrage upside in it. But there's something funny happening within the company. The CEO was fired uh, a week back. So you really have to pay close attention to what is happening. But uh, if you stay ahead of the crowd, you will uh, position yourself to make some interesting money in these two companies. Don't buy too much of them, though, because they are indeed very risky. Aside from arbitrage opportunities, which junior mining companies have your attention at the moment and why? Uh, two companies, uh, Maurice, that I want to mention. One is Maritime Resources. The ticker is MAE, and it's trading at $0.09. Cents. Um, a company that I have invested in, and I actually have been buying it recently at $0.09. Cents. Do not go above that. They're doing financing at $0.10, cents, so I don't even want to participate in their financing when I can get it at $0.09. Cents. I'm not crazy about warrants. Uh, warrants will uh, be in the money by the time I will have made about 60% of my investment. So I'm not really crazy about warrants. Uh, Maritime Resources, MAE, makes a lot of sense to me. There's another company called Commander Resources, a very thinly traded stock, and it's also trading at $0.09. Cents. Uh, Commander Resources is actually trading for less than what I think its cash value is. Uh, plus, they have a couple of interesting projects. So just patiently give uh, limit orders if you want to buy these two companies and sit on it. I think there's an easy 50% upside in both of these companies uh, within hopefully a year's time. Moving on to philosophy, Mr. Bandari, you are the founder of a philosophical forum focused on reason, argumentation, and liberty. For someone new to your work, please introduce us to capitalism and morality. Uh, Maurice, I want uh, to have a forum in uh, Canada where people can openly discuss issues that people are otherwise unable to discuss because of political correctness. If they go to my website, which is jayanthpandari.com, there's a tab called Capitalism and Morality, and they will find that on the 3rd of August 2019, uh, I'm running this one-day conference, and we talk about all kinds of issues, immigration, race, uh, sexual dis differences between male and females, all sorts of issues that uh, basically get you ostracized in the society for speaking up too openly. Uh, what we really need is to have a decent, open-minded conversation about these things. Uh, and if someone is bigoted, he comes out as a bigot. But let's have an open discussion. Let's have open mind about these things. That is what Western civilization is all about, that we should openly discuss about all these kind of issues. Who are the featured speakers this year? And can you share with us what they will be discussing? Um, I think I have about 13 or 14 speakers this year. Um, Ian Plymer will be flying in from Australia. He will be talking about uh, 
what has been happening culturally with uh, Western society. Uh, then uh, we have Doug Casey, Rick Lule, Adrian Day, the regular speaker um, at the seminar. Um, I have my recently made friend, I have known him from for a couple of years, Fergus Hodgson, who is going to talk about what's wrong with uh, Latin America that it always is, goes back into a communist, socialist kind of um, mindset. Um, I have Rakesh Wadra, Frank Raymond, uh, Mary Lou Gutcher, Nick Giambruno of KC Research. Um, a lot of people is speaking at this seminar. This is a very philosophical, very intense day. And for more information on that uh, capitalism and morality, please visit giantbandari.com. And again, the date is the 3rd of August. Giant, where else will you be speaking this year? Well, um, I am um, heading off to Singapore uh, in three days' time. Um, I will be speaking at Mining Investment Asia from the 26th of March to 28th of March in Singapore. Um, and then immediately after that, I'm going to Hong Kong to speak at Mines and Money Hong Kong, which runs from 2nd to the 4th of April 2019. Both are very interesting conferences because I get to learn a fair bit about what's happening in China, uh, uh, Australia, uh, countries that I don't normally hear about when I'm in North America. And as you know, I spend a lot of time, I divide my time between East Asia and North America. So I like to keep coming to Asia at this time to learn, catch up with East Asia. And East Asia is really my favorite place in the world because it's the most safe and most stable place I want to stay in touch with East Asia. Mr. Bandari, last question. What did I forget to ask? Um, Maurice, uh, in the initial part of our conversation, we were talking about commodity prices speculation and how you should invest. Um, and that reminded me of a book that I recently read, a book written by Bob Moriarty. Uh, the name is Basic Investing in Resources Stocks. I recently did a review on that book. Uh, now, uh, what Bob says, and you know, we don't really have to agree on everything, but what Bob says is that people make investing too complicated. Uh, people look for excitement when they invest. They want to write on blogs, do all this uh, mindless chattering with other emotionally driven people. Um, what people want to do is to make it simple and boring. Uh, and that is really the way to invest. Uh, I think his book is worth a read for people uh, who want to learn some words of wisdom from someone who has made a lot of money, and I know about it because I have I know his some of his major investments. So just read people who have actually done very well investing in the sector. Giant, for someone listening that wants to get more information about your work in capitalism and morality, please share the website address. Uh, giantbhandari.com. I link all the all my work on that website, and it also has uh, information on capitalism and morality. And if I may slightly backtrack in reference to Bob Moriarty's book, if you go to provenandprobable.com and you click on our education tab, you can find it there. Last but not least, please visit provenandprobable.com for mining insights and bullion sales. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Giant Bandari, the founder of Capitalism and Morality, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. 
you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.